Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. My name's Kishore, and this week I'm joined by Brian. Hello. And two timer on Tuesday, <laughs> two Tuesday, Jackson. Welcome back to Hello. the show. Hello. So for this episode, we're going to kind of talk about the state of the Jets. We're about a month away from the trade, de- trade deadline. We're going to take a look at where the Jets are right now, what their prospects are, what we would do uh, heading into the deadline, uh, and then really what we're looking for over the next month for this team. Uh, so I want to start with something um, in a quick sort of round robin, which is uh, what do you think of the Jets right now as a team? Where we are, we're, I think the odds are we have like a 10% chance of making the playoffs still. Uh, we're like six points out, I think, right now of a playoff spot, and we're starting to even out on games played with the teams in front of us. Uh, so what's your take on where the Jets are uh, as we stand right now, about 50 games played? Brian, why don't we start with you? Well, uh, how can you be super positive about it, <laughs> right? Um, there's not a whole heck of a lot going right right now. The offense is kind of dried up. Um, you see issues defensively. They're not very good in transition. Only real positive I could really give you right now is the power play is looking good. But besides that, the team as a whole, it's just, it hasn't been clicking very well. Um, and yeah, they're just not in a very good spot. And it's not like they're near the bottom either, where we can cheer for like that high, high draft pick. Like they're, they're not in good position to make the playoffs and they're not in good position to get a high pick. So there's not a lot of excitement around this team and it kind of sucks. That's basically where I'm at. Jackson, how about you? Yeah, uh, pretty much what Brian said there. Not a lot going right, but um, I mean, everybody's seems like everybody's hurt the last little while. Ehlers, Perfetti, and Cop. Um, we're not really getting any scoring. I mean, Shifley went on that little bit of a tear there with Wheeler, but now that's kind of dried up the last couple games. Uh, we're losing tough games. Like, I mean, they played all right against Calgary. I thought they played a pretty good game, but goal with, I think it was like 46 seconds left to win 2-1. It kind of was a little bit of a crusher. Uh, seeing Blake Wheeler go end-to-end there and just about scoring it, stopped by Marks from there, and they come the other way, turn it over in our own end, and they come back and score. So, I don't know. That game just kind of um, just underlined how the season's been going this year just seems like we can't really get a break either so that's kind of where i stand on it yeah for sure i'm gonna say something nice about the jets um right now and that's i think they've actually been playing okay coming out of the break going into that uh the break they were playing awful i thought that loss to philadelphia was one of the low points of the season beyond um, that goalie whose name I can't remember from Arizona, just like absolutely hand, like goalieing oh, us that one game. Vimelka like having 50 saves against us. 
I, I thought that Philadelphia game was a low point, but I thought they put together one of their best games of the year against Minnesota. It was like one of the more complete efforts. Uh, and they showed right after the break. Like yeah, the, right after the break. And then I agree. That was a good game. Hard loss in Dallas, but they played okay. Really good win against Nashville, where they like very much took advantage of that major power play and, and kind of put it away. But then you come off of those like pretty good performances, even though there was an OT loss against Dallas in there. And then you just, you lay an egg against Chicago. And then mm-hmm. you play pretty well for a couple of games. You beat Minnesota again. You beat Seattle. You, you kind of come back. And then like you don't show up for the game against Edmonton for like two periods. And then you kind of try to like claw your way back in. I feel like that's the jet season in a nutshell is like they show flashes and then they revert back to being whatever this team is that just can't put together 60 minutes. Um, the, uh, so I, I think I started out by saying I was going to say something nice about the Jets. Um, that kind of went away. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I do think they showed flashes uh, of who they could could have been this season in, in a couple of those games. And the other Jet I'm going to say something nice about is Blake Wheeler has looked pretty good over the last 10 for where he is in his career he's he's old like i'd never thought we'd actually even get flashes of blake wheeler putting up like a four and five point night uh again and he showed flashes of who he he used to be and honestly i think he's the reason we've seen a surge from shifley and not the other way around um it so i i give a lot of props uh to blake wheeler but holy crap, if like the Dubois line isn't going, which it hasn't been since Perfetti went down, this team is sunk. Um, it, like their only recourse then is Hellebuck to be, you know, Vesna out of his mind, Hellebuck. And he just hasn't been that. He's been good. Yeah. Do not hmm. allow anyone to say Connor Hellebuck hasn't been good this year. He just hasn't been as good as he's been. Yeah. Like when, when Perfetti was in there, I was kind of like quietly thinking to myself, like, where would this team be without Cole Perfetti right now? And like, now you kind of see it, right? Especially with the injuries to, uh, uh, to Ehlers and Cop now. Um, yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, and could you imagine though, if they had Cole Perfetti for the whole season with a healthy lineup, what that would look like, like, probably quite a bit better than what they were right i would think so because you'd have two scoring lines right well possibly three probably not because lowry would still be the third line center but (laughs) (laughs) yeah lowry on that third line really i don't know you could have so much there and you kind of just so many plays die on lowry stick and it's it's incredible. He's like no hands. I think Lowry's had like how, how many breakaways has Adam Lowry had this year where he's done that same move? And I think it's worked. I think the couple one time. Times. Couple Why times. Why does it work I, I think half I the time though? Like that's I the remember. thing that's crazy about it. Is he's he got only a has that one move. On yeah. I don't know. But yeah, you don't get the offense from Adam Lowry, right? And you basically run two fourth lines when you got Lowry and Toninato was your third and fourth line centers. 
I mean, I think that's the thing. And we've been harping on this for a while on Jet Hendrick. Is like they had actually assembled a roster that should have been constructed as a four-line team that you roll four lines um, or at least kind of come close to it with Lowry being the 4C. And you play Dubois, Shifley, and probably Stastny, maybe Cop down on like your on your 3C. Um, and just roll them because then you start to create matchups that the other team just can't handle, but they never executed a, a lineup like that. We always, and even after the coaching switch, we're still playing the fourth line five, six, seven minutes a night. And it, it just won't have any impact that way. Yeah. That was one thing I was really hoping that a coaching change would actually do is kind of on top of changing the organizational philosophy from a standpoint of playing, you know, young players, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I was really hoping they would roll four lines a bit more, like not, not equally roll four lines, but just get your fourth line more involved kind of thing. Like, there's enough good players on the roster that you can spread the talent and have four lines be somewhat effective, but it's just not something that they've done since really since uh, 2018. And we remember what happened in 2018. Uh, yeah. So both go ahead, Jackson. Sorry. No, 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 the, I was just going to add on that. And just, we like what you said, we do have, enough good players to roll four lines like if Sveshnikov isn't a healthy scratch he's usually on the fourth line and the fact that we're only given guys like him and Veselin and maybe like three four minutes a night it's just a bit of a crime considering you play Lowry and maybe a guy like Austin Pagansky for like 10 12 minutes a night right Pagansky's getting his five to six right now too but yeah, I mean, Reichel's been okay on the third. Um, I've liked Reichel. Reichel with uh, with Lowry and whoever's been quite solid. I've thought. I think if you could make that the fourth line and make Svetcher like a third line winger or something like that, then you're doing okay. So we still have, uh, according to the odds makers, a ten percent chance of making the playoffs. It feels further than that right now even though we're seven points behind LA with the same number of, of games played, just because I think the teams ahead of us aren't, aren't exactly world beaters. Like none of us are really terribly impressed with like Edmonton or Anaheim or, or LA, but that's still a lot of teams to jump over to get to the playoffs. So do you, if you're the jets where you are right now, buy, sell or hold, given you have a 10% chance to make the playoffs? Uh, well, I mean, you're almost certainly selling, right? Like, at the very least, what you could do pretty much immediately is look at trading Brendan Dillon and getting a Billy Hanela into the lineup. I think he's shown that doing that, like, at least in the last four games Hanela played, like, he was really good in those games. I think he showed at that point, you're not getting worse by putting him in the lineup over a guy like Dylan. So if you could make that trade, recoup some assets there, you're not necessarily getting worse. Um, And if you ultimately fall right out of the playoff race, which is 
extremely likely, then you can go ahead and move your guys like Cop and Stastny at the deadline. And who knows if there's another name or two that pops up there. Well, I guess uh, we'll wait and see on that. But that's more or less uh, what I'd be thinking for the Jets right now. Yeah, same same for me. I, I don't see a world where the Jets go on a run and they win seven or eight in a row here, really put themselves back into a playoff spot. I mean, they, they don't have anybody incredibly tough in front of them, but it's it's not looking great. So I definitely would be looking to get rid of Dylan if uh, his market is like Ben Sherratt's. If there's any chance that they could get a first-round pick or anything close to that, I think they definitely have to do that. If his market is like Ben Sherratt, seriously, do it right away. No, do it as soon as you can <laughs> before he gets it, hurt. If his market is like Ben Sherratt, Brendan Dillard should go like drop an album because Ben Sherratt has the most amazing <laughs> PR in the league right now. Because like we're talking about Ben Sherratt on one of the most historically bad teams in the last 20 years. And we're talking about him like he's like some sort of like game changer when it comes to the playoffs. Um I'll he say wasn't, he wasn't even good in the playoffs. Like pe- people oh. say, people say, Oh, Ben Sherratt, look, look at uh, what his physicality did for Montreal. Well, he was literally, if I recall correctly, his team was outscored with him on the ice in the playoffs this past year. Let's remember who Ben Sherratt's main defensive partners were on his runs. They Shea were Weber. Dustin Bubflin and oh. Shea Weber. Yeah, yeah. And like, like he's been carried he's quintessential defenseman that got carried by his partner it's fine he like i i actually like ben Sherratt as as a player but you have to recognize him for the player he is uh which is like a sixth seventh defenseman uh, that may be able to play on your penalty kill um but anyways when he doesn't have the guy to carry him he's kind of a bit of a disaster right like yeah yeah, because he can't really defend. He doesn't have a ton of foot speed. But anyways, for, we'll come back for the Ben Sherratt cast uh, when he gets <laughs> traded for a first round pick. To win I'm a actually, <laughs> no. I'm actually gonna hold on the Jets right now in the in the in the sense of this. Like, I think you have the next four games are are the season. Dallas, um, which they have to win. Colorado, good luck. I mean, like, and no one is beating Colorado these days. But then you have Arizona and Montreal. They can somehow get six out of eight. I think they're, like, marginally in a position to see what happens around them. But I'm not a big believer in this team either. I think eventually we're going to get to the point of selling. Um, I, and I actually honestly don't think um, that uh, there's a lot of value in holding on to some of these assets till the deadline unless that's just what's going to force um the trades to happen uh i actually think andrew cop as soon as he comes out of um a concussion protocol and i hope he's like doing okay there he's the first person that i would move because i think he's the one that is like just because he's a straight rental for whatever team and he has like a, a relatively affordable um cap it for who he is i think he'll be the easiest to actually move um so i i would probably start there dylan i think is probably the one that you can get the most value for because people always overpay for defensemen at the deadline but 
um, he's one because he has term. I, I wonder if it's just going to take them a little longer to get the best deal. I don't know if Dylan has, I don't know if he has the most value out of anyone. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I think that's still cop right now. Well, let's talk about it because we're all kind of like hinting that we think the Jets are going to be in a position that they have to sell. Um, forget about like whether they should or shouldn't or if they can go on the run. We, we just don't think there's too many teams to hop over and this team hasn't proven that it can go on a run. So I, I'm curious, and Jackson, we can start with you. Like, who's who's on your Jets trade board? Um, I mean, it's the it's it's the usual four. I mean, it's got to be Cop, Stastny, Dylan, and I mean, if we're able to get rid of Bullyu, probably Bullyu. I always uh, forget about whatever. him. Like, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, like he's just there, yeah. but it's like why does a guy like that have any value? Like if you can get exactly. a round pick for him, sure. I, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I know. Like, sure. Like, I, I don't even know if we'll look to move him because I don't know. Cause they're the jets. They just do. Gotta have that like great that. guy in the room. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Gotta have Brian, a face puncher in there. Sorry. Brian, I think you said in our group chat, like, you think Nathan Beaulieu is going to be the Jordy Ben of this year's trade deadline. I think that's <laughs> I what you that? said. I think you I said, said it. I said maybe if you can get like a Jordy Ben return. What was it? A sixth round pick we paid for Jordy Ben? Mm-hmm. Over. So, yeah, maybe, uh, something like that. I think Jordy Ben's a better hockey player than Nathan Beaulieu. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but that know. doesn't say much. There's a lot of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, no, the, the, Sorry, sorry, just just quick, I'll just wrap up what I was gonna say. Just just those four. And I don't think I don't know. It's hard to say what you'll get for Brendan Dillon because it might be hard to find a suitor that would want to take a defenseman with term as opposed yeah. to a rental with a four almost four million dollars attached to him. But um I don't know. I think Stastny probably goes for around a third, maybe, maybe a second, and Cop probably goes for maybe a two and a three. And then I, don't I think know, you might. There. I think you might get a first rounder for Cop. I I think you get a first rounder out of Cop if guys like Claude Giroux go early, or or they're like you if, think like uh, I think so. Yeah, because I think that teams might panic a little bit. They might not want to pay the premium for Claude Giroux because I'm assuming Giroux will go for a first, even at where he's at in his career. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, Jackson, are you definitely trading Andrew Cop no matter what? I I don't see how you, you can't because he's just he's been to arbitration twice, and if he is to re up his deal, it's probably going to be around the four and a half. Is it twice he went to arb? Yeah, yep. it was. Eh? Yeah, I, I I don't see him coming back. I don't see him. I don't know making Winnipeg a number one priority when he can probably get a lot more money somewhere else. So. I heard I, don't know. I think I heard there was no talks either between the Jets and yeah Cop. Yeah, like, so I I think you de- you definitely have to move him. You can't lose a guy like Cop for nothing, especially when uh, the return would be pretty decent. I think. Well, let's Kopp go around is, on on Andrew Cop. So Brian, like, what do you think we could get for him? Um, I'm thinking either a first rounder or like a second and a B prospect kind of deal. But um, where was I going? Oh, yeah. So um, 
cop as a player um let's say the jets were well like let's say he was willing to sign with the jets um what kind of player are you getting and what kind of contract are you signing it's probably going to start with a five like the dollar number um probably going to be in the ballpark of five years so that'll take him till he's 32 or 33 um Look, already his defensive impact is nowhere near what it was earlier in his career. Um, and offensively, um, the top six, aside from when he was playing with Dubois and Ehlers, um, the line with Shifley and Ehlers just wasn't going nearly as well, at, even as it did with Paul Stastny on left wing there. Um, so, and you got... Uh, Connor playing with Dubois that's that's a lock that's not changing so where's the fit ultimately it's beside Lowry is that worth five million for five years I don't think there's a bloody chance that he's worth five million in that role um, I'm training him regardless of whether I'm contending to be honest Sorry, not what not regardless of whether I'm contending, regardless of whether or not I'm going to squeak into the playoffs. So let me uh, throw out the the rumored uh, uh, trade uh, proposals or potential for cop that's out there, according to uh, the hockey writers. So Boston is the number one team that's been linked to cop so far. I kind of think that's just based off of like the stereotype of what a Boston Bruin player like looks like and feels like, and they do need help in their middle six. There there's no doubt about it. And like, you could see Andrew cop fitting in there. The problem with the Bruins is they want to unload a guy by the name of Jake DeBrusque, who they've been trying to trade for, I don't know, since I was in college or something, it feels (laughs) like they've been trying to trade Jake DeBrusque. Um, uh, So would you, do a debrusque for cop deal one for one it's probably one in a pick uh it's debrusque in a pick for for cop depends what the pick is i guess i'm not real high on debrusque like he's a fine player i guess but not really changing a whole heck of a lot on your team um yeah he's not really it's not really a play driver at all by any means. Um, yeah, he's just kind of a guy who's not hurting you, but isn't really helping you that much, in my opinion, either. I mean, he, he makes almost $4 million too, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's 3.7. Yeah. So yeah, at that the, point, the at that point I'd rather RFA. just... Uh, yeah, I mean, at that point, I'd rather just get the picks and then try to get somebody in free agency or move the picks for a, a better fit. I don't think Jake DeBrusque is really going to push the needle that much. If you want a guy like Jake DeBrusque, just play Evgeny Svechnikov more. Exactly. That's right. Uh, the other two teams that have been rumored are the Rangers because they have uh, picks from the Buchnevich deal. Um, that are in excess and like somehow the Rangers are good. I don't understand like how 
they're good because the analytics don't like quite match their performance. Power and play then, and Shesterkin, baby. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and then the Avs are the other one because their penalty killing sucks for how good of a team they are. And they could slot there. And Tyson Jost has been rumored to be out from the Avs. Um, and they have uh, um, a, a young um, prospect, Oscar Olison, that's been rumored. Uh, to come back who could be like a top nine play- player who knows uh for cop i'm just going for picks i don't want any player back i don't want a roster player for a- andrew cop i don't want even a team control just give me a two and a three feels like completely fair for an andrew cop rental yeah what's uh what's tyson jost's contract would they you think they consider moving a tyson jost for an andrew cop What's he uh, oh, it's only 1.75 and he's only, I thought he was older than that. He's only 23. I would consider taking uh, a Tyson Jost back in a, in a cop trade. And he only made the fact that he's young and he has, he's under contract next year and he's RFA maybe, but I would still rather have the picks because the jets don't have a ton of picks. Um, in the in the coming year so and i think cop is the most likely player to net you picks because he's probably going to be their highest valued asset all right two two mil a year for jost i i was wrong on that this year and next year uh all right let's go who's next on the list jackson that you would uh put behind cop as their next asset um behind like for for most valuable or for mm-hmm. yeah i mean it would probably be dylan if what um i mean we talked about this already but if uh if if that rumor is true that he's got the bench rot or would have the bench rot type market i mean you definitely have to considering you have samberg hanala like declan uh chisholm looked really good i mean you you definitely have to get rid of him if that's the case but um if for whatever reason we do decide to roll with Dylan, I think we have to keep, or sorry, we have to move out to Stastny because I feel like a lot of teams would be looking for that bottom six guy, likely. Um, I mean, Stastny can kill penalties too if you want him to. He can play center or on he's the even, he He's effective as a, as a second liner still, I think, mm-hmm. on a lot of teams. Like yeah. He's not going to get much in return just because – like I don't know what his point totals are this year. Um, I don't think he's. I think it's eleven, team. eleven goals, nine assists. I think. I just okay. did something on him. So. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, he he hasn't put up the big counting stats, so I don't think teams are gonna pay a whole heck of a lot for him. But like you said, he can play in pretty much all situations, and that's gonna be valuable to some teams regardless right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think that's where a lot of his value comes from is you can kind of plug and play him wherever you need to you can be a passenger in the top six if you need him to be like he's he's definitely not like i i don't think he's necessarily a bottom six player all right i think he's still super effective offensively but um just would have to be the right fit but i think he probably goes for third and like maybe maybe uh little extra throw in maybe a lower level prospect i think it's like just a third kind of thing mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. what i think the return's gonna end up being which is which is fine like 
otherwise you're just keeping a guy around to get what a maybe an extra win in the season and you know worse worse spot in the draft i i think Mm -hmm. there's a a chance he you get a second for him only because the center market is weak um at the deadline like which it usually is so you have drew is kind of like the name that's being thrown out the most but drew's expensive even on a prorated salary even with you know uh if the flyers retain drew is expensive because he makes 8.2 uh and then like the other names that are out there i'm like do you want travis boyd andrew cogliano max domi christian fisher uh i'd be interested to see what uh what domi gets back he's i think he's had a pretty good season but like people don't like playing with him like that's the (laughs) fundamental difference between him and paul stastny is stastny will fit in whatever team max domi has to be in a really specific situation like uh and so like the i think the comparable to stastny is joe pavelski if the stars somehow fall out of this um being available too but but uh pavelski makes seven so like if you could position stastny as like a cheaper alternative to pavelski um or a cheaper alternative to Daru and get a second for him I think all all for him and give him like a little like Ray Bork treatment here, like trade him to a good team, let him have like a last cup run. He's 36, maybe has another year or two left in the league at most. Um, uh, I'm all for trading stats, but like trade him to Tampa Bay, trade him to Colorado, like let him have his, let him have like an actual shot. Vegas. 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 <laughs> you trade him to Vegas, who's magically hurt though? Like they have to make up Mark Stone. On it. Yeah. Mark Stone. No, but that's how they get Eichel out. So like they have to magically hurt another player. It would make me so happy to somehow see like flurry and stastny get traded back to vegas at the deadline that would just be chef's kiss uh, perfect i think i i think i heard a rumor that uh, vegas was interested in flurry as well oh they immediately shot it down though like mccrimmon oh, okay. came like oh, okay. issued a statement didn't, and like... didn't robin laner start it wasn't he, he on a podcast oh i don't, don't know if i heard that i actually heard it from like a like a blogger uh, had started. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know because I remember it started because Laner got hurt. Yeah, right. Oh, it's all just jibber jabber at this point, right? We're so, still we're still a month away from the deadline. But sometimes it's important to have fun. Um, yeah. It, Brian, your thoughts on trading uh, Brendan Dillon? Uh, just to close up his like his his thread. I mean, is there any world you keep him because he he does have term. He's not the worst defenseman in the world. The only world I keep him is the world in which the return from a Stanley trade far outweighs the return from the Dylan trade. Uh, yeah, that's that's it, really. Otherwise, I'm trading Dylan. But the Jets aren't trading Stast or Stanley, so you're pretty. I, I'm trading Dylan pretty much regardless if it were me i'd trade dylan have hanala move into the lineup um 
Stanley and Samberg can hash it out for the for the last spot on the left side there, and the other one can be the seventh defenseman. I'm good with that. All right, so we've talked about like the people that are most likely to be traded. Do you have any wild ideas out there? Like, are either of you imagining a Mark Shifley trade bombshell or something else entirely? In this, tra- like this trade deadline or this off yeah. season? At the trade deadline, I highly, highly doubt it, but wouldn't it be kind of crazy? Like, <laughs> Like Mantha for Verana plus plus last year. The, like, the it's not gonna ha- it's not gonna happen, but like Yeah. It'd be kind the, of the only world where I think it's even a little bit possible is if the Jets go on like they just start losing almost every game. Like if they go on like a ten game losing streak and Shifley doesn't have any points. I, I don't even know. I don't know. I think that's definitely more off season. I don't think uh, it yeah. would be fun, but I don't. It would think, be uh, so fun. <laughs> I don't or think heartbreaking. It I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it might be. <laughs> I don't know. Get fleeced. I don't know what the heck I would uh, expect from a return for from a Shifley trade. Like, it'd be considerable. Yeah. It is wild like, that we're talking about this though given where we were just like two years ago. I mean, yeah. Thanks to uh, Frank Cervelli for, uh, for us talking about it. Right. But Frank didn't just make that up on his own. Like, no, I think there's, I think there's a little bit of smoke here. I, I agree. It's going to be impossible and almost irresponsible to move Shifley at the deadline because he still is on this incredible contract. He's on the Nathan McKinnon, like cheap contract. He's not nowhere near as good as Nathan McKinnon. I'm not putting him in the same sentence as Nathan McKinnon. Apologies, Nathan McKinnon. He's going to come <laughs> here and like eliminate all the sugar from my house for me saying that, but like, but Shifley at 6 million is great value in and I wonder, there's a lot of like pundit, you know, talk around Shifley that he, he was just trying too hard because of the Olympics and he's like relaxed and been better since then. I don't know if I totally buy that. If, uh, if that's what translates into uh, an inflated shooting percentage in a small sample, then uh, by all means. <laughs> the, the only way that I... Because I don't know, just just because of how the Jets are and how loyal they like to be with their guys, um, I I the only world where I see Shifley getting traded is in the off season, whether it's this off season or the one after that, and I don't even know if they would really go out like actively trying to move them, but if the if a team really blew them out of the water, and just if if, if it was a big overpay, that's the only r- real way I see Mark Shifley getting moved at this point anyway, but I, I do think they should look at it considering he's going to be 30, 31 when his contract's up and that extension is going to be pretty big. Yeah. I don't like know if fans, they can handle that. Fans are going to hate to hear this, but it kind of makes a bit of economical sense, mm-hmm. right? Like you've got Shifley who's going to get a massive raise on his next deal, no matter what, it it doesn't really matter what he does from here on in, unless he scores like 
30 to 40 points the next two seasons, which won't happen because he'll just get way too much opportunity for that to happen. Um, yeah, so you're going to have a declining Shifley who's already not nearly the player he once was. And what's the return going to be for him? Probably pretty substantial. What's going to be worth more by the time you're ready to contend? The return from his deal or Mark Shifley making, let's just pull out a hypothetical nine and a half mil a season, which is going to be worth more to your team. I'm not so sure that Mark Shifley on nine and a half mil a year is the answer to that question. Not at age 31 through 36 or 37, which is what it would be. Correct. Um, and and there's the, the potential of that deal not working out long-term. Like it could be a really bad deal. Like we looked at the Blake Wheeler contract and what it is now. Well, he signed that deal when the Jets were still a contender. And there was talk then of whether okay, is this a good or a bad idea? Like you understand why they did it, but there was that discussion. Well, that discussion's got to be ramped up even more with Mark Shifley on his next deal, considering we're not a contender right now. Like who knows what happens in, in two years, right? But it's not looking great for that kind of timeline, I don't think. I could be wrong on that, but I just don't really see it. Yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, uh, I, I just think that they, they definitely, I, I think they'd be dumb not to entertain it at least, just see what's out there. But I don't think they're going to just look to get rid of them for the sake of getting rid of them. But I do think by the time his extension comes around, they should maybe look into it a little bit more seriously. I think this might be something that happens maybe not this offseason, but next offseason. I'll have one more year at 6.3, I believe it is. 6.125. 6.125, yeah. So I don't know. I think that's probably more likely, but it all depends in the offseason. So much is going to change too with coaching staff, hopefully. And see. Yeah, it's going to be a really hard deal uh, to get equal value back or mm-hmm. even remotely equal value. So in that way, like it can't be something they they entertain at the deadline. It's just going to be too hard to make the math work with where teams are with their caps that would want um, Shifley and have the assets to return. Like right now, like the Rangers might be the only kind of team that has kind of the prospects and the need to acquire Shifley. And you just, I can't imagine a, a deal like from them coming at the deadline. Um that being said, I you got to entertain it in the offseason. Uh, any wild card uh, players that you would consider um, moving at the deadline? I'll, I'll throw out one. Do you trade Svechnikov because he was found money? Um, and he probably could get like a third or a first round pick, maybe. You think? I don't think anyone, I don't think mm-hmm. a team's paying a third or a fourth for a guy who's played how many minutes a night? Let's. Let's go take a look. I mean, third is probably (laughs) aggressive, but like a fourth or a fifth round pick, it's a free pick for a guy that you just put on PTO this year. I 
he's an RFA still, right? Like, yeah, let's go you could one sign him year, for yeah. you could sign him for probably close to league minimum next year. He's only ten points in forty games, which is really not bad for how much he's played. He's only played ten minutes and twelve seconds a night this year. I'll be honest with you, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if the Jets did something stupid and put him on waivers before the end of the season. It really wouldn't. Just just uh-huh. based on how they viewed him, um, how they've really lowered his minutes throughout the season. Um, like they're giving other they gave Adam Brooks like an Adam Brooks. Don't get me wrong. He was a great scorer in junior, but hasn't really done anything in the NHL so far. Well, they gave him the shot on the second line before Evgeny Svechnikov and Svechnikov was performing pretty much to Perfetti level when he was on that second line with Connor and Dubois earlier in the season. So I don't know. It's they they just clearly don't like Svechnikov uh, among the Jets coaching staff, and ultimately, ultimately, what drives trade value is points and ice time, right? So, I don't think there's much there in terms of value for Svechnikov. I would love to sign him for another year, though. Yeah, I, I I would like to have Sveshnikov back. I think if you are moving him for like, because I don't think it would be really more than a fifth, maybe a fourth. I don't think you'd get much out of that. But I think I don't think do... I don't think there's a team trading for him. Well, maybe no. maybe well, a smart team like like a Carolina might drop a seventh or a sixth. Mm-hmm. I don't think I just don't think there's a market there though for him. Yeah, the the wild card that I'd I'd I think would maybe uh, at least get an offer pushed. I don't know if the Jets would actively like market him or anything, but I think Dylan DeMello might get a couple calls. He's another guy with term, but I think he, I mean, you look at him and he's one of those, you look how good he was in that uh, Edmonton series before he got hurt uh, in game one against the Habs last year. I think he's a guy that teams could call on, but I don't think, uh, I don't know if the Jets will move him. I don't think so. It's hard to say because they exposed him in the expansion draft and, you're, and there's a little bit of like, why would you do that? Because he's like a really affordable contract. And in this like flat goofy. cap era, mm-hmm. you're like, you need like, you need defensemen making like three mil or less to play minutes because you can't, otherwise you just can't field a competitive team. So I, like he has a modified no trade with six teams. So I think the, chance of him getting moved mm. is super low just because of the mechanics of oh, that wow he can only go to six teams i yeah. didn't realize that shifley has a, a modified no trade with 10 teams but i think if you're at the point when you're like exploring a mark shifley deal you've talked to mark shifley and been like it's time and like you you kind of get to uh, that point like dylan Demello at the deadline is not a uh uh a, we we want to put you on a cup team, Dylan. It is a um, it, it is a very different situation altogether. Correction, so, though, it's a six team no trade list. It's not a six team trade list, so he can select six teams that he won't go to. Oh, so I guess then you put like Arizona, Arizona, 
Arizona. <laughs> Throw a little Edmonton in there. <laughs> Edmonton, he'd probably have a huge difference if he was on that team. It's true, but uh-huh. Edmonton's Edmonton. Why would anyone want to go there? I, I don't know. I don't get that because it is like, do you want to go play with the best player in the world for a little bit? And if you're like a good player like Dylan DeBello, I'd be like, hell yeah. Because it's just like, he's going to make you money because all you have to do is like sit there and like get points. Uh, But I don't think there's a team he would have a bigger impact on than Edmonton, come to think of it. Like, it's perfect. Well, they didn't waste all their he's money. Be their on, best uh, defensive defenseman. As exactly. soon as he gets there, he's going to stop plays in the neutral zone and turn them around. Where the Jets have no transition game to complement that, so it's it doesn't work here. But Edmonton, you get him on the ice with McDavid and or Drysital, shelter them defensively and then turn that back into offense. I think it's a perfect fit. Anyway, I'm not I'm not saying we should trade DeMello. I'm just saying that yeah. he'd be a, he'd be a good day off for the Oilers. Should not be listening to this because we'll be really mad <laughs> if that happens. I think I think DeMello's a guy you keep like you can't trade everyone. You still have to ice a team and DeMello's a good guy. He helps your team and he's still like he's a guy you can put with a young player to kind of move along and shelter as well, right? Like a Hanala, for instance. So we have a, a month before the deadline. What, like, what what do you do here over the next month if you're the Jets? Besides the all the trading of players, do you make any other changes? Um. um... Do you have any ideas, Jackson? I ought to come up with something here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And unless you want to pull a, a Montreal and I don't know, get, change the coaching staff again. But I, I don't <laughs> I don't I think, think that's that, gonna wait till the off season. I yeah, that's that's what I'm only thinking get, too. Unless you're gonna say right now that okay, Mark Morrison's our guy and mm-hmm. we're just gonna do it now and run with it. Yeah. I, I don't think you make a change right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I have not been a fan of Dave Lowry, it's yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't see that happening either. But I, I don't really know what else they can do except, I don't know, just get, prepare for the deadline. Really get ready to sell because unless they win out on this, uh, their next four here, it's uh, not looking real good. So. For me, it's for me now. It's it's play the young guys and mm-hmm. get the guys with the most upside in the lineup who are ready for the NHL. So that's clearly Billy Hainala. Um, say what you want about his first couple of games, but after that, he was very solid. Um, every mistake he made was just way too magnified and he was seriously making better transition plays than anybody else out there. Like he would already be the jets best transition defenseman. And on the ice right now, that is one of the biggest things they're missing. They have had no transition game whatsoever. And it's painful to watch. Um, So 
get him in the lineup pretty much regardless. If you want to take out, if you like, if you want to trade Dylan right away, do it. If you want to take out Stanley right away, just do that. Like, but find a way to get Hanel in there. This is just ridiculous at this point. Um, other than that, like, give Perfetti lots of minutes. Um, maybe give Svetch some more opportunity because in limited minutes, he has been playing well, even if the coaching staff doesn't see it. Um, the defensive numbers have been pretty much elite this year um, from his standpoint. And he just does all the little things on the ice. Um it's frustrating that the coaching staff doesn't see that they talk about, you know, wanting to play the right way all the time. I think Svetch is a guy that plays the right way. So get him out there some more. Um, other than that, I'm not sure what the heck you can really do. Um, you're just not a great team otherwise. And I'm not sure that these moves are, moving the needle to the point where you're going to be a good team. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think I would do two other minor things. I would start to reduce Hellebuck's workload and just play Comrie more. Just like there's no reason to put the miles on him. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would get Gustafson back in as soon as he's healthy. I think he's, he's the playing other... with the moose now already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I, I feel like it, makes sense for him to play i don't know five games with the moose just almost as like a conditioning stint and then just get him just get him back in because we never got a peek at who he is um and he is i think he's going to be a a core member of the jets over the next three to five years so we should (laughs) see so beyond hanala like he's the guy i want to see down the stretch and then they just got to clear some salary at the deadline. So that means getting rid of Nate Boyu. That means getting rid of Dylan and Cop because they're a cap team and it like they're just bleeding money. Like it, look, I know we're we don't talk about the Jets as as a business, but they are. And if they're not going to make the playoffs, like it's, it's time to cut some salary. We're not the Arizona Coyotes. We don't need to do like crazy things like what's going on there but like get rid of the players that just aren't aren't going to cut it for you uh overall and then the last thing i would do is i might start negotiations with pld now yeah Mm -hmm. i think that i don't think that's something really to worry about like i think pld wants to wait till the summer like i can't remember what it was i heard that it was basically that um, PLD is interested in signing, but he wants to focus on the season for now. Um, but dialogue was positive, if I recall correctly. I, I'm very confident that a deal will get done there. Just really quickly to close, uh, where what kind of contract would you give PLD? Um, whatever term he wants. He's only what twenty. 23 23 okay he can basically have whatever term he wants um six by eight what are you thinking eight eight and a half kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah i i, I agree at. with that too i think he comes in with or i think the jets offer 
maybe seven and a half to start over six or seven, but I think it ends up closer to the eight range. Yeah. For sure. uh, that feels fair where he is. Um, I will say just to, to close um, uh, much love to our beautiful boy, Patty line, who's just on a heater oh. right now. Um, and he's actually making it close in terms of that, of that trade uh, with this kind of surge. He's now at 18 goals. He's, uh it, and he's above a point a game pace this season um yeah, pld isn't quite that but pld obviously has carried play as a center too um i'm just happy for line eight to see him just scoring goals which is exactly what he should be doing here's my take on that trade as it stands um winnipeg fans are we think we might like we think if the trade is fairly even I think like somewhat even like some, some will say we won. Some will say we, we lost the trade. Um, some will say it's about even Columbus fans. They all think they won the trade. So mm. did we really win the trade? I don't know. We lost the trade on fun. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Is PLD's, yeah an awesome player, but Patrick line makes you want to show up at the rink. Um, it's true. Mm-hmm. I, I think... really, I really miss line a, like I, I often think what he would add to this team and it's just sad, yeah. but then there is PLD and where would we be without PLD this year? He's had a great season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think the trade was pretty even, but um, with Rosovic, maybe not, maybe leaving town or that might happen, but uh, eh. I don't know. Yeah, who cares? But Ro- no, the... Rosovic, Rosovic hasn't been a very good player for Columbus. I'll say that. No. He's I've, watched, I've watched a lot. Yeah, I've watched yeah. a lot of Columbus this year. He, he can't play center and they're just trying to push him at center. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to say that's the only problem, but it, it is a problem. He's much better as a winger. Like I thought he could have been a good third line winger, an okay second line winger. Um, center is just no bueno for him. Well, this is going to be an interesting week for the Jets. I think this season is going to um, probably uh, be over come come and come 10 days from now especially if they can't somehow beat dallas or colorado i just think the hole is just going to be too deep for them to dig out of and we just don't see a team that can go win five six seven eight games straight which is what they'll need to do to dig out of it so it's time for them to start thinking about these trade deadline moves um thanks for your thoughts as always brian thank you and jackson Uh, thank you uh we'll be back with an actual trade deadline edition uh as we get closer to the deadline uh and i think we might try to host some uh spaces but for the time being play them kids uh jets and let's see let's see what we got also before we uh before we head out i just want to plug in uh we have planned a uh a spaces for the trade deadline day um I don't know who's joining me, but I'm definitely going to be there. We're going to go live. 
uh, on deadline day, just with some reaction to some trades and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, hope you guys tune in for that. So you have your choice of Darren Drager or Brian Johnston. Uh, who who you're gonna pick? I I think who, you, the the uh, the MB, the commercial break entertainment on spaces is gonna be much better from Brian as he <laughs> as he analyzes the hell out of you know Jake Debrusque for a fifth. I don't know. I got I got the uh, I got the analytics down. Drager doesn't have that. He might have the inside scoops, but he's gonna be at, he's gonna be late on them because Sarah Valley's gonna have them on Twitter a full five minutes before. <laughs> so I'll also have you on that. Well, Jackson and I can hop on and basically be like, why are we talking about these ridiculous trades for like a seventh rounder when the NBA can trade James Harden on like a random <laughs> Tuesday? <laughs> um, but you know, the NHL. Uh, well, thanks everyone for joining us and look for more podcasts soon. And uh, Jets, good luck. Uh, I hope they claw back in it, but I'm not holding my breath. I'm Kurt Kielbach, and thank you for listening to the Jet-Centric Broadcast.